We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hello, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to a casual Friday Talking Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Morant. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in audio side, video side. Um, Yeah, casual Friday, which means, of course, I am joined by writer, podcaster, recovering from soldier surgery, uh, good buddy of mine, Joe Yurden, which, by the way, usually we take this early on Thursday. By the time we get done taping this, we're taping it so late Thursday night, it actually technically will be. Casual Friday, but anyway, what's going on, man? How you doing? If you happen to be watching this on the video side, Joe has got something missing from his shoulder. I don't see that big ass sling of yours. Yeah, yeah. I've been the doctor has been like, uh, take the you know, whenever you're sitting around the house or or whatever, just take the take the sling off. You're working at the computer, take it off there and just do things as normal. We don't want your elbow to get all tight and gnarled up from being locked up in a sling for for six weeks so uh i've been taking more advantage of it and it's been getting a little bit too casual on occasion because sometimes yeah. like i'm very conscious of not doing anything with the right hand but every now and again i'll be like i'll oh, just like out of instinct habit whatever whatever you want to call it going to like grab something and then just muscle in the arm just kind of barks at you and you're just like, ah, no, okay that's enough I'm not gonna do, put the <laughs> sling back on now and leave it on there for a day and Call it that, but yeah, it's uh, the, the clock's ticket on the slings life life uh, lifeline here because uh, it comes off the twenty second for good. So good, good, I'll be, good, good. I'll be back to being a grumpy menace on the highways and uh, <laughs> not being tied down by a sling. So it'll be nice. I got sorry, so I got a lot of things that I want to hit on today. Not necessarily a lot of bills, saver stuff. I'm just going to put that out there right at the top. That's why we call it Schedule Friday, man. You never know. Where it's going to go is kind of casual conversation. I do want to ask you one thing, though, before I jump in, because it, it just occurred to me. Your sh- your, uh, why do I have such an issue saying shoulder? God, I, it's such a hard word for me to say. It's annoying and ridiculous. But anyway. Mouth's moving faster than the brain. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> if said shoulder was healthy, mm-hmm. I so we're taping this again late Thursday night on Twitter. I'll tell you what. I never knew how many Metallica fans that I that I knew or people that I didn't really know where Metallica fans are Metallica fans because it seems to me like everybody is at that concert going on right now as we're taping this at Highmark. If you were healthy, would you be one of them? I would want to be. I haven't seen I haven't seen them in a few years. I, I've only seen them once. Uh, and that was in Albany 
I forget after which album came out. Uh, it might have been Death Magnetic, maybe. I don't know. Forget I forget how long ago that came out. It might have been Death Magnetic. I don't know. It might have been just some rando tour. They they were just like, hey, we got to make money. Let's go out and tour. <laughs> um, but it would have been cool to see him see him down there today. That would have been uh, or tonight, um, because I, they never fail to put on a great show live. I mean, be critical of their you know the last few albums all you want to, and some of it's very deserved. But I don't they, even know they're doing music. Nah, it's fine. You're you're not really missing out on anything. They're going to play all the, the, the old great stuff anyways, for the most part, because they know what they know where the bread's buttered. They know what everybody's there to hear. Basically everything from like the black album, maybe load reload. And then earlier than that, like that's, that's about where it is. You'll get some of the newer songs. Like that's cool. Uh, some of them are really good, but, uh, but everybody's there to hear like, you know, all the, all the fun old stuff. Everybody wants to hear enter Sandman. They want to hear like, uh, anything from like the first any of the first three albums any master of puppets they want to people want to hear that stuff so yeah would have been cool would have been cool but you know in this state not 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 the best of ideas to do that i i had a bail on going to see rage against the machine because that's right uh, the tickets we had were on the floor and me and a big ass sling was not meant to be on right. the floor because <laughs> right. everybody everybody I talked to is was like could i have gotten away with that they're like well if you stood way at the back yeah and i'm like I wouldn't want to be way at the back. Like, what's what's the point then? They're like, yeah, and then you would have had a really hard time. I go, okay, I feel better then. There's not, I'm not, I'm not a huge Metallica fan, but there's not a lot of bands in the world that could go play football stadiums, you know, mm -hmm. and and if not completely sell it out, sell a good chunk of the seats. I mean, I was yeah. kind of like you too. I'm not a big U2 fan, but I respect I respect what they've done in their career. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they play those big stadiums and stuff. So that's really cool to see Metallica come to Buffalo and so many fans enjoy it. If you're a rock fan, this has been a really good week in Buffalo because mm -hmm. on Wednesday, back-to-back -back nights, Wednesday you had uh, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Joan Jett, and uh, Poison, and now Metallica. By the way, too, I heard people had a good time Wednesday at mm -hmm. Highmark, but it was because of the nostalgic factor involved. Yes. I heard from multiple people that the mm -hmm. music was, act the actual music itself, not freaking good. Like Motley Crue, yeah. Vince Neil sounded horrible mm -hmm. brett michael not so much either i mean he's been recovering from some from illnesses and stuff like that i said Def lever was all right and i saw some videos i'm like they sound all right but you know what when you go to concerts like metallica mm -hmm. well maybe a lesser extent metallica but when you go to 80 shows like Def leopard and stuff like that you're you are going for the nostalgia like i did oh yeah even on i went i mean much much later in a completely different genre of music and i've talked about this before i went to backstreet boys at darian lake that was purely for nostalgia factor, even just going back 20 years instead of 40 or whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Just the yeah. hits. I just remember that time frame of my life. But the difference is that Battery Boys actually sounded good. Whereas again, yeah. you know, Motley Crue, that's just uh yeah, not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I my uh my pal Chad, well, you know Chad, Chad D Demonesis was oh, yeah. Uh, I was uh, he was I was messaging him about uh he was there at the show the motley crew show and i was like he's not into that he's not into them at all like he's not into any of those bands i don't know if it was like a work you know like buddy buddies dragged him or whatever it was but mm -hmm. um he was he's like he's like motley crew he's he's like it sounds it's it's just noise it's not it doesn't even sound like it's music coming out of there and i go it's not a, that's that's something i haven't heard about motley crew in like you know 40 years 30 years you know, right complain about the crew being just like oh they're too loud but they're too loud um but yeah <laughs> i i didn't throw the if it's too loud you're too old line at him because i you know i'm not one to be throwing throwing barbs at younger young younger younger friends going to see bands that i saw or bands that i remember growing up with but um 
But if you are going to ever do like a show like that, like a, like an, like a hair metal show or, you know, a nostalgia show like that, it's almost worth it just to go to people watch. Sure. Because the, the people watch part of that is incredible because yeah. you're going to, you're going to see some people that it's still 1984 yeah. in their minds. And it's like, but they think it's 84. They want it to be 84, but they're now 54. And it's right. like, ah, I don't know, guys. The leather pants might have to go away now. I've seen Journey at Darien Lake two or three times for the same reason. The people watching this amazing. Now, granted, obviously, Steve Perry's not with them, but mm-hmm. it's still fun to watch the band and foreigners play with them a couple times, too. And, I, and I've seen mm-hmm. them as well. Um, good stuff. All right. I have to say this. I feel like. I, at least, if not we, kind of owe our weekly listeners and, and viewers kind of an explanation for last week. So if you follow the show, and hopefully you do, thank you very much if you do. For the first time, all right, so I've been doing this, Joe, for four and a half years now. I think we're like 475 episodes, something like that, man. I've been doing it for a while now, for a mm-hmm. minute. I've missed shows before. I've missed shows because I've physically been ill. I've missed shows because... Um, I was on a vacation, you know, just decided to go on a vacation, take a break. I remember I did a couple best ofs. There were, there was various reasons. I remember when I was moving, I think I reset for a week, you know, getting settled into a new place, stuff like that. So I'm not going to say that I've never not did a show on a Friday in four and a half years. I've missed shows before, but I never missed a show before ever because of my own stress and, um, and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, and I, and you're a good person to have this conversation with because you have been very open in the mm-hmm. past and present, you know, about mental health and anxiety and stress and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You just went through a horrible ordeal not long ago mm-hmm. uh, where you lost your mom. And that obviously was and still is very tough for, for you to grasp. There's mm-hmm. no question about it. And you needed time away. Of course you did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what it's like to to have deal with stress and anxiety. And honestly, I, I this is really kind of changed me. Let me say this too. So there's a, a couple of things, a handful of things that really led to over the last week or so. And I and by the way, I, I feel obviously much better. Now I wouldn't be doing this podcast with you if, if I didn't feel right. better. I, I feel better. But last week was just one of the worst weeks I can remember, man. I had a very close friend of mine who's just 45 years old, find out that he has colon cancer that's already um, reached his liver. Kid's 45 years old. I call him a kid. He's 45 years old and had no idea. He, um, and, and this is one of my best friends on, he was in my wedding. He was a groomsman in my wedding. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he fell at work, hit his head and went to the hospital and ended up getting blood work done. And then he had a blood infection. So they hospitalized him. They, they saw an infection in his blood and then they ran tests. I'm not going to get into all the details, but mm-hmm. long story short, they skipped stage one, two, and three. And he, and he has stage four cancer, which is the worst cancer, you know, and just mm-hmm. being realistic here. I don't need to get into that, but that really took the sales out of me and got me thinking about a lot of things. So you have that. And I'm just, I don't know, everyday life things, everybody has struggles or, or anxiety and stress over certain things and people do things differently. You know, my my kids, I just feel like they're becoming adults so fast. We're on this podcast. I remember having you on here many times. I'd be talking about Shane playing high school football and this school's mm-hmm. looking at him and this and that. Now he's out of, he, well, we all know the story why he didn't end up playing football. Now he's coaching little little football. Now he's got a full-time job. It's like 
in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. You know, I say they grow up too fast as kids and go through school. They do. Now it's like, it's things are just moving them so fast. You know, he's coaching little loop now where he played seven years ago on a team. Now he's helping to coach them, which is really cool, but it's mm-hmm. just so many things, Joe, just seem to be more or are not as much as last week, but just moving so fast. You know, this podcast pressure, life, personal life, things going on in my life. And it just, I don't know, man, I, I started getting headaches. And, and, and anxiety, I, I literally couldn't sleep for like three or four straight nights. And that's not, I think what I, what I learned is I'm, I'm trying to make sure I say, I used to always feel, and I know I'm wrong and you're going to tell me I'm wrong and you should tell me I'm wrong. I used to always feel like don't stress or, or don't have so much anxiety. You know, get over it, get over it. And because you know why Joe, because someone's always got it worse than you. I would always hear that. You know, you think you got it bad. Someone's always got it worse than you. And that's true. People do have it worse than me. I know I'm blessed in some ways, but that doesn't mean that from time to time, it doesn't get the better of you. And I'm long and I'm rambling here because it's not something I've, I've never dealt with this before, but mm-hmm. it just, it, it floored me last week. And it, I never, it, my, like my head was literally spinning, Joe, and it was just going round and round and round and everything just seemed to be moving so fast. And I couldn't like, I got panicky and I've never gotten mm-hmm. panicky before. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's tough to deal with, man. I know you know this. Yeah, and I, I, I'm happy for you that the fact that you recognized it right away, and you're just like, I, I gotta take, I gotta take a minute here. I gotta, I gotta get grounded. I gotta get myself figured out because, um, I know for me, there's been, I mean, I'm, I'm talking years, years upon years upon years of just being like, nope, I don't have time for this. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I gotta do a thousand other things, um. And that's extremely unhealthy. I cannot, I cannot stress that enough. Do not ever do that. Try to address it as, you know, as it, as it happens and, you know, try to figure it out. You know, I I know in my case, I had to do a lot of my own, I don't know, a lot of my own, you know, research on it, which I know is an insane phrase that's been taken over these days. You know, what, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the vaccine and all that. I got to do my own research. No, I'm not looking at like crackpot you know, brain doctor.com to figure out like what's wrong with, you know, why do I feel like this? It's, it's looking up scientific stuff to say like, okay, what am I doing here? Or, you know, we're staying as far away from like the webmd.com shoot offs where it's, everything is just like, well, maybe your brain's dying. Like, no, I don't need to read that. But, right. um, but like recognizing that, that you're having a problem being open with yourself to, 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 to recognize that you are having troubles and then to be able to, to do something to address it, whether it's to take time to yourself, step away for a little bit and just, you know, take a breath, you know, get, you know, gather yourself, you know, uh, address with what's going on around you. You know, if it's something that's around you, that's really weighing you down, um, you know, like with what happened with your friend, like that's something absolutely to, you know, take a step away and just, you know, try to process it, try to, you know, try to get yourself centered on that. But um, when it's life stuff though, it can be very hard to separate that. Yeah. Um, because you know, life, everybody's, everybody's situation is personal. So, you know, when, when you talked about, um, when somebody says, well, you know, just remember you're blessed because you're, you're better off than these number of people. It's like, well, yeah, but I can't do anything about them. I can do something about what, what's happening to me. Yeah. You know, I, I can try to do things to help people that are in those situations, somehow but it's not gonna it, I, I me as one person i'm not gonna be able to fix that entire thing um and it, it's always it always rings out to me and i in 
and it, it, it comes from uh, like the uh, the airplane instructions from the uh, from the flight attendants where they always say, put your own mask on first before helping others. It's like you got to help yourself before you can help other people. Yeah. Um, and if you because if you don't have your stuff right and you try to help others, you're just going to be, you know, it's a blind leading the blind at that point. You know, like that's that's the thing that gets me is. um is that sometimes you're, you know, people, you know, because you always want to reach out to somebody to talk and just kind of get, get through things. And sometimes, you know, and I'm very guilty of doing this myself is if somebody reaches out to me, I'm going to be trying to say like, well, you know, how about you tr try to do this, try to do that, you know, coming up with, so trying to come up with solutions. And right. sometimes people just don't want solutions. Sometimes people just want to get it out of their system and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, ignorantly, and I admit this really ignorantly, I used to consider people who would say mental health, I need mental health days. I would consider that a sign of weakness. And again, I'm being uneducated, uninformed, and ignorant about the whole thing. I never really realized it until now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's too, sometimes something could be too much. And look, we are all wired differently. We're all wired differently. Some people, everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Everybody. So mm -hmm. You're going to do some things magnificently that I suck at. Conversely, it's going to be the complete opposite with other things. You know what I mean? I might be really good at something. You might suck at something. Mm -hmm. We're all different. We're all built differently. We're all wired differently. And you can't just because someone handles something one way, you know, like in the old school, like the, the man, he never cries. Mm -hmm. He never breaks down. He never, you know, keep going forward. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just have to uh, relax a little bit. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm being honest with you, man. And it was about 48 maybe two and a half days, I would say. I pretty much got up, slept, ate. I never lose my appetite, by the way. I could be on I could be on my deathbed. I'm still going to eat. I don't give a shit if I got pneumonia. I don't care if I'm having a nervous breakdown. Whatever it may be, I ain't never going to stop eating. But anyway, I would just pretty much get in. I'd be in bed, toss. I'd be sleep for an hour and a half, be up for two hours, whatever, you know, on some kind of cycle, try to get back to normalcy. But it took me like three days to start to relax a little bit, kind of making yourself relax. You know, when you're hyperventilating a little bit and, you, and you're mm -hmm. trying to remind yourself, all right, just breathe, just breathe, just breathe, just yep. breathe. I wasn't physically hyperventilating, but what I'm saying is just my mind felt that way. You know, it was like I'm trying to tell myself, all right, relax, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. I don't know. It was scary to him. Uh, you know, I really, again, I don't have a lot of advice. And to your point, maybe we shouldn't even be offering advice because everyone handles yeah. things differently. But right. it was just something I was not accustomed to. That's the reason why, folks. There was no podcast last week. Pat Moran just needed a mental reset. And obviously if anyone would understand that Joe Yurden would. So, yeah. Yeah. I, listen, I, I, you mentioned like taking a mental health day and like how, you know, back in the day, you'd just be like, Oh, you get a free day off. You know, that's, that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. And like, it, it didn't really hit me until like the last like seven to eight years. What that actually like it's actually a real thing people should do and they should value it and should be very serious about it, you know, because you need, you need to take that time for yourself to just kind of just detach from, from whatever the situations are that are, that are causing you to, 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 to be anxious, to, to be depressed, you know, to, to get panic attacks, things like that. Just, you gotta separate sometimes just so you can, you know, just kind of reset the meter, so to speak. But, yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny. It's funny growing up and getting older, and then stuff that you just kind of let pass over your over your mind and just be like, ah, whatever. That's I'll never have to deal with that. And then 
you know, things, things change, things come around and suddenly you're like, Oh, I get it now. I understand. Yeah. Like that's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, and I'm somebody that gets very, you know, critical of themselves looking back on things. And I'm the, you know, I'll be the person sitting back going like, what an idiot I was. I'm so stupid. You know, I never, I didn't have any of this experience. I didn't know any of this stuff. And then you learn about it later on and then you experience it sometimes. And then you're like, right. What a dumbass. I'm glad I learned. Glad I learned for the better. My, my biggest problem I think is I struggle to keep things. And I'm sure a lot of people listening might be able to relate to, I struggle to keep things on an even keel. Like mm -hmm. I am really, really high on something. Like I feel like I'm on top of the world when things are good mm -hmm. and then something goes bad and it's like the worst thing that ever happened. The sky is falling. You know what I mean? It's the lowest of the lows, the highest of the highs. I really struggle to keep an even keel. And sometimes in many cases, that's easier said than done to do that. But mm -hmm. if you could do, I, I feel like that is one key. If I can offer one piece of advice to anybody out there is to try to keep an even keel. You're like, just don't, you know, the highs are too high and the lows are too lows. I, I know. I just know that that's something that I struggle with. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Having, you know, and not that, not that we're like, you know, Oprah level guests here or, you know, we have a super gigantic, you know, monster platform to work with. Right. Just schmoes like us talking about this openly yeah. helps, helps out. Cause then, you know, you know, maybe there's, a, there's some people sitting out there just going like, ah, I don't know. Ah, maybe this isn't something I got to deal with. Listen if it's something you feel like you have to think about, you have to, you know, maybe look into whatever it is, do it, yeah. figure it out. Cause I mean, like right now I, my brain feels good about things or at least balanced. <laughs> maybe not, you know, life can just be difficult in general, but right now I'm more balanced than I have been in gosh, a long time. And it's, yeah. you know, and it's not, it's taken some, you know, tinkering with drugs and what, you know, I mean, and I mean, you know, normal drug, not, not, not doing quaaludes on the side or something. The right like that, kind you know? of drugs. Right. The right kind of drugs. And, you know, finding the right balance, finding what works right, finding what's good for your health, what's good for your mental health, what's good for your physical health and kind of going from there and see it and seeing how it holds up. Um, yeah. And then, you know, who knows, maybe you can end up finding, figuring something out that maybe has been there all along. That you never knew. Like I figured out with ADHD, which, Looking, you know, you study, I studied up on that and I was like, wow, that sounds like me as a kid. I was like, wow, that sounds like me as an adult. I should talk to somebody about this. And then sure enough, they're like, yeah, man, you might, I don't know how you've like managed to keep things straight for so long. I go, well, I'll be honest. I really haven't. Yeah. So, you know, getting, getting kind of locked in on that stuff now is, I mean, better than never, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. Like you're never without time. There's always time to, right. to get yourself better. I've said from day one with this podcast that this is the stuff I like doing. This is what I like about talking about flow podcast. It doesn't have to be the same old, same old every time. Again, if you, if you want to listen to a podcast and people know this by now, Joe, there's 476 episodes and the majority of the people aren't stumbling upon this new, I know that I know, and I'm very thankful for every new person that stumbles upon this podcast, but most of the people have been listening for a long time now. And this is what we do. If you want to hear nonstop an hour worth of bills talk, 
more times than not, don't listen to this show, man. You go Casual Friday ain't it. <laughs> if, if it's all, you know, if it's going to be 95% Sabres talk, listen to Joe and, and Lance every Monday. I mean, this podcast, which you should please do. Anyway. Please do. Please do for sure. <laughs> this is what I, this is what I like to do is important. I feel like some people might be able to pick up on some stuff. I will say one other thing too. And I don't want to read the tweet word for word. Cause then it sounds like I'm kind of publicizing and having my own problems last week. But I will say that, I did tweet out that there was going to be no show. And then I did make mention that I just flat out, I needed a couple of mental health days. I was struggling and whatever. It was really cool too the, to get some feedback from people, you know, a lot of well wishes people. I know, well, some people I've never met before, you know, some mm-hmm. people listen to shows, some strangers, whatever, a couple DMS, stuff like that. It was, it's really cool. You know, it's always nice to know that people care of not just about what you do, but about you as a person, which yeah, honestly, Joe, that was kind of a, it was pretty uplifting too. So, and I was nervous about sharing that. I could have, because yeah. I mean, look, man, at the end of the day, if I really, really wanted to, we could have just not done a show and not said nothing. And it would, yeah. I could have made up some bullshit easily could have made right. up some bullshit, you know, that we couldn't do because whatever, a hundred right. different reasons. Ate a bag full of candy and got sick. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I got a stomach ache, whatever it could have been. Joe, <laughs> got some bad wings. Joe's shoulder. Bad. Yeah. Joe's <laughs> shoulder was really bad. We could have came up with a thousand different reasons why, but I just wanted to be upfront and truthful with people because I respect everyone who watches uh, and listens, but I do feel better. However, I'm being tested this week though. And I say this, I'm actually only semi-sarcastically because I'm kind of serious too. Okay. My fucking first celebrity crush my my oh yeah obsession one of my favorite artists and people celebrity wise of all time died this week olivia dude and john dude i'm telling you right now i'm not this is not hyperbole i'm being dead ass serious olivia dude and john for me dying would be the equivalent of a lot of basketball laker fans when kobe died or music fans when Michael Jackson died. I'm telling you, that's how much mm-hmm. I was in love with this girl. And if people don't believe me, I don't have the tweets here because I'm not going to pull them up or share them. But I put them on Twitter and they're on my Facebook. I screenshotted them. I got statuses on Facebook and tweets going back years and years and years. Talking about my first celebrity crush, Olivia Newton-John. She was my first celebrity crush. I absolutely loved her. She was the girl that every guy wanted to be with. And she was the girl that every girl wanted to be. And I remember being a kid, and I swear to you, this is true. I would handwrite letters because there were no computers and keyboards and shit. Make right. myself sound really old right now. <laughs> but anyway, truth be told, I swear to you, man, I would handwrite letters. And I, you know where I would address them? Because I had a living Newton John posters. And like an idiot, you would look at the poster and you would think that's her home mm-hmm. address instead of like the publishing company or wherever the yeah. posters came from. I would handwrite letters to her telling her how much I love her and what a big fan I am. And it'd be so great to meet her someday. Yeah, yeah. And I would mail letters to the poster address. It would be like on the bottom of the poster or on the back of the poster or whatever. Mm-hmm. For real, man, absolutely obsessed with their crushed, fucking devastated Olivia Newton job, man. God, that's mm, it's the worst. I won't lie. You were the first person I thought of when I saw the news. I was like, I was like, Oh no, Pat's going to be crushed. Like Pat's having a, having a rough time already. I didn't, I didn't see it on Twitter. You see everything. Everything happens on Twitter. Everything breaks on Twitter. I did not see it on Twitter. I went, I was on Facebook. I hit refresh. My friend Mitch said, wow. He said, wow. RIP Olivia Newton, John. I, I commented. I said, what? Then I went on Twitter and then I searched and then I was just heartbroken, man. I'm not exaggerating, dude. I love Olivia Newton-John. I love her music too. Mm-hmm. She's just, she's perfect. She was gorgeous. 
She looked amazing. She was so sweet, so kind. By the way, she also battled uh, breast cancer for 30 years. Jeez. She survived 30. She remissed a couple times and it would come back. 30 years she had breast cancer and she fought that. But man, you want to talk the all-American girl? She just looked gorgeous. She sounded beautiful. Just such a doll. I say all-American girl, even though she's Australian. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> she's an all-world girl. There, there you go. Uh, yeah. No, I, th- see, this explains why you love Greece. Oh, it's my favorite movie of all time. I've said yeah. that a million times too. <laughs> I watch it all the time. It's my favorite movie. It legitimately is my favorite movie. And she, I don't want to say she was my favorite actress because she only did like two or three movies and, and the other ones were terrible. Twist of Fate was terrible. Xanadu. Xanadu? The Xanadu roller skating, was, roller skating rock opera. Come on. Great, great music. <laughs> that shit was whack though. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever drugs were left over from the seventies that made it to the eighties right, were right. smoked for that, that shit movie. was whack, but I'm not going to go on about her music because people are going to be looking at me like, mm-hmm. but I do. I, I loved her music. And I was, I was saying, I was like, Jesus Christ, I, I'm just telling you, I'm starting to feel better. And now you're going to drop my, uh, my obsession, my crush on me. Oh no. I, uh, I, I mentioned on Twitter how the song physical was like on the radio constantly and the, the number videos one on song MTV the all the time. The number one billboard song, not of 1982, number one billboard song of the eighties, the decade, mm-hmm. my favorite era of music ever. My favorite decade. I love the eighties. Everybody knows that. That's the number one song in the entire decade right there. Physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it's, it's funny. Cause somebody, somebody replied to me on Twitter and mentioned to go, it's pretty wild that that song took off and, and got so big. and was such a huge hit considering it was a super sexual horny ass song. Yeah. That just every, just like everybody was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. It sounds great. It's cool. It's like, dude, she's, talking about getting down pretty bad like that's she was so edgy right. at that time because it was so edgy because she that's not she was so wholesome that's why right. it was such a shocking i remember that in 82 such a shocking ass song um what were like thing the, the head to toe spandex outfit though like i mean awesome. well i mean that was 80s that was every aerobic show in the it 80s. was but she popularized that to a point now where i'm mm-hmm. telling you right now if you and i went to an 80s bash this weekend you would see 20 people dress up 100%. just like olivia newton john 100 20 the, people uh, minimum but there was like those the, the knee the warm-up socks or whatever like mm-hmm. the knee highs or whatever then the headbands yeah absolutely Ugh. absolutely enough, enough bad news before we get to a break Let's have some quick good news here, man. So Joe with maintenance day podcast, of course, a noted hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, you're adding something else now to your repertoire. Tell people right now, because I mean, it's just happened over the last couple of days. Maybe yeah. people haven't heard yet, but Joe has another gig as yeah. well. What are you going to be doing this? Well, lining up all the gigs. Gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get the name around everywhere for some reason. I don't know why my name needs to get, needs to get around everywhere, but uh, actually I do. It means I need money. That's, that's what that means. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, no, I mean, doing some, doing some work for bleacher report this season, uh, on the NHL and, uh, not Sabres specific. This is going to be all NHL mm-hmm. all over the place. And, uh, it's kind of a flashback for me because my first professional hockey writing job was with pro hockey talk on the NBC sports website. Uh, and that's what really, that's what got me kind of into the scene. I suppose I was just a, you know, aggregator, you know, typing chimp over there, <laughs> over there, just, you know, taking stories off Twitter, being like, Oh, let's write right. a real quick story for, for us to shoot up the Google wire and do all that. But, um, which, which is, it's crazy now because and bleacher report, if you, if you're, you know, if you're remembering back in the day, bleacher report was like its own thing. It was the slideshows, all that stuff. They're owned by Turner media. Now, like they, they bought them geez, a few years ago yeah. and really, really got involved. And, uh, 
so yeah, it's a, uh, it's just, it's a part-time thing. It's not a full-time job. So uh, that, that's, that's, you know, that's not, that's not the thing yet. So, you know, hire, hire Joe Yurden hashtag can still keep going. That's People fine. People on Twitter were, the reaction on Twitter from fans <laughs> yeah. was awesome, man. Yeah, it no, it was really super. Cool. People were genuinely happy and excited for you, man, which again, circling back to what I just said a few minutes ago, like when I said I was, I put out there that I was struggling and how people reached out and stuff like that to see that reaction. It's got to mm. feel good, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I'm never like, listen, I'm, it, I'm in that weird spot where like having good attention is nice, but also I'm, uh, I, what's the word for it? I'm too, uh, it's not shy, but like, I'm just too like, ah, you don't, don't pay attention. It's it's like on my birthday, like my birthday comes up. People are like, Oh my God, it's your birthday. You got to celebrate. I'm like, ah, don't even talk about it. It's not, it's not, nah, 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 you don't pay attention <laughs> to me. It's fine. You know, it, where it's, you know, getting that much attention makes me a little, uncomfortable like i'd be a horrible super celebrity i'd be awful i'd be i'd be i'd be arrogant i i'd be locked away somewhere like i'd be like probably like tom hanks was for like 25 years where you never saw him out at at stuff and then he got older and he's like ah whatever who cares now you'd be that favorite act you'd be that famous actor who like lived in north dakota or some shit like that (laughs) be be up in Juneau, alaska the only way you could find me is with like a seaplane not me i'd be arrogant i'd be arrogant (laughs) as fuck man i love that attention i'd be making sure i walk in that i'm one of the last ones and that people know exactly when i'm coming in (laughs) studio 54 would have been your spot back in the day i'm 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 thinking but um, <laughs> um, but no, but like, like getting attention for that stuff, I'm just kind of like, all right, guys, turn, you know, keep it down a little bit. Like, it's fine. But, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's super flattering. It's, it's incredibly flattering to have people be like, oh yeah, this rules, you know, I love reading your stuff. And it's like, wow. Okay. Well, I guess you do. Cause you never really know. You, you, you don't know for sure. Um, and you know, maybe you can, maybe you do know if you look at like web clicks or whatever, but like, I, I don't know. I've never, I've never enjoyed looking at that. Cause it, it, bringing bringing what i love to do down into such a science about things drives me it's like money ball with sports where it's just kind of like you're taking something really fun something that i really enjoy and burying it under numbers where it's just kind of like all right okay i get it there's a process it's a whole thing you gotta do Eh, we gotta do it but like i don't know it's i i don't i don't like paying attention to that side of things which might explain some of my why i've been around quite a bit but um but it's uh but no it's it's awesome it's really awesome to have people just you know just co- like kind of come out of the woodwork and be like hey man that's awesome love love to read it like people you know some people you haven't heard from in a long time on on twitter or you know anywhere else i haven't even shared it on facebook yet mostly because i stay the hell off of facebook as much as i can but um but there are a lot of a pe- lot of friends and and folks on there that that don't do twitter that don't do any other social media than facebook that would probably like to know that i th- i think <laughs> i think they might want to know but but no it's it's cool i'm looking forward to doing it too cuz it's going to be uh it could be something where uh you know depending on you know how things work out with you know with the gig and you know all sorts of other stuff maybe getting to to do some bigger events cover some of those bigger events so be neat be neat to get back out of the road to cover like a you know i don't it's just like for example i'm not saying this is what i want to do but uh but like an all-star game or you know stanley cup playoffs or something like that you know if, sure. if the saber if the sabers aren't involved of course but you know getting out to do that stanley cup final like i've been to a handful of stanley cup finals which is freaking amazing to work at been to a cup uh no i've only been to one all-star game and that was in carolina um but yeah like tons of like nhl draft that's a big one to do i love doing the draft um 
and what is it the uh, the prospects challenge coming up here in Buffalo? I've already pitched an idea at Adam to, to do something not Sabres related, and I'm just kind of like, hey, uh, the number one pick from this this year's draft is probably going to be here. How about we do something on that? So, um, so yeah, so it's just like you know, kind of kicking some ideas at them. They throw ideas at me a bunch, and it's it's all good. Like I got to just today uh, wrote about uh, Robin Letter being down for the year for Vegas because he had to get hip surgery. So I got to write a column on the on the Golden Knights, which was cool. It was, it's it it's weird to kind of dust off the national writing, you know, yeah. typing fingers, I guess. But yeah, it's cool. Sports fans who like the wager, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is OddsTrader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. OddsTrader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally Everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back. Casual Friday with Joe Yurden. So the Buffalo Bills have a preseason game tomorrow, Saturday afternoon against the Indianapolis Colts. Training camp in Rochester is now over. Um, there's, it's been mostly uneventful. I mean, there's been some skirmishes, some I don't want to say fights, but definitely some beefs. A um, couple highlights, couple lowlights, kind of typical. I don't think anything's really stood out as 
ridiculously out of the ordinary at camp this year over the over the last couple of weeks. And there's a couple, and we knew this going into camp with the Bills. There's uh one or two maybe roster or, or starting positional battles, maybe at most, especially if Trey White's not going to be back in time for the season, which that could be the case. We'll see over the next few weeks. And then there's a handful near the bottom of the roster, you know, that are fighting for roster spots. It got me thinking, and I wanted to ask you this. I mean, cover hockey, at, le at least anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's the same with the Sabres or an NHL team, and maybe it's different. I don't know. You could tell me. But what if you're trying to make a team right now, and again, you're fighting for one of those couple roster spots, a handful that might be available. What matters more? Does camp matter more? Does does, does the practices every day for a couple of weeks matter more? Or because the Bills have three preseason games coming up now. And in, in the Sabres case, they got a handful of games, exhibition games as well. Or do the games matter more? When, you, when coaches and general managers and just the entire organization, the staff is putting together, you know, they're evaluating these players near the end. They're like, all right, you know, we got two openings and we got four or five guys trying mm -hmm. to fill these two spots. Do you feel, and I'm sure it's some, to some extent, a combination of both, obviously. It's not all one or the other. But mm -hmm. what do you think carries more weight? Do you think how a guy looks every day in practice and camp does that carry more weight or does how he looks against the Indianapolis Colts in a game situation or uh, the Denver Broncos that they play next week, does that carry more weight? What do you think? I, I think practices set you up to be in a position to be able to, to, to show what you can do in those, in those, in those preseason games. Yeah. Um, because if you don't practice well, you're probably not going to get an opportunity. Like you gotta, you gotta really show out. You gotta, you gotta show that you can handle yourself. You show you can handle everything that goes in the position and, you know, be on that level with who you, who else you're competing against or even be better than them. Uh, because you can practice, you can be a great practice player all the time, but if you don't show out in a game at all, it'd be really tough to make, to make the team. I mean, there's, you know, there, there's countless numbers of times I've seen that in hockey where, you know, a guy's having a, you know, looks like he's having a great camp. He's like, wow, this guy's going to bust out this year. And then you get him in a preseason game and, you know, they don't count for much. Um, and you know, and the competition's a little screwy. Sometimes there's more AHL guys than NHL guys in, in a given game, or the, you know, the goalies are going to be AHL, ECHL level guys. And, you know, maybe it's not quite the same, but, um, but everything you do during the course of the game will show if you're, if you're capable of handling the, you know, the, 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 the major league speed of that. Uh, I, I firmly believe that it's, it's not an, it, it's not a, this or that kind of thing to take, you know, take something away from Marty Baron there, but, um, it's, it's something where if you don't, if you're not doing one, if you're not doing one or the other well enough, you're not going to get to do both of them and have that shot. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, that's a good way of combining both of them. I, I look at this roster honestly, and I mean, just flying off the top of my head, quarterback set, running back, I think is set anyway. Minus, and of course, minus injuries. Um, Defensive line, I'm. I think that's completely set. I think mm -hmm. linebackers are set. I think maybe corner and safe safety set. Corner, maybe there's one battle. I see maybe four or five battles on the on this team at most. Mm -hmm. At most, um, I think what's developing with the Bills right now is there's one position right tackle where um, a veteran who came in, David Quinsenberry, is pushing Spencer Brown, who. 
Um, Joe Biscaglia, a guy who from the athletic, I respect his opinion a ton. I mean, you know, he, he's as good as it gets when it comes to covering the Buffalo Bills. He's basically has said that, you know, Spencer Brown really wasn't that good last year. It was kind of a, a, a nice story because he was a rookie who was not expected to play. And then he became a starter instantly because of injuries and he flashed, but the consistency wasn't there. I thought he was better apparently than Joe, which again, I'm not going to compare my football knowledge to Joe. Joe definitely knows more than I do. So I will take his word. I will trust what he's saying in his evaluations. But anyway, Quisberries look pretty good in camp. And uh, so that might be shaping up to be one of the very few uh, potential starting battles. But yeah, that's something I worry uh, or not worry. That's something I've always wondered about too is practice. Like what do they evaluate more? You know, and you're kind of saying that it's both good practice habits or looking good at practice sets you up to have the opportunity to perform in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, exhibition and, and preseason games. And that's, you know, when you have that, when you have those opportunities in those games, you're, you're competing against, you know, people would just be like, ah, there's not a lot of, you know, especially NFL. Oh boy, there's no first team guys out there. There's no starters, right. all that stuff. But you're competing against other guys who are also in that same boat. You know, you, you can comment on how they're not as good as as the top guys which you know listen if they if they were top guys they're probably not playing in that game so i think that's a, i think that's a fair thing to say but at the same time you you know they're they're playing against guys who are also trying to show out guys you know for their teams or guys who are trying to win spots on their teams you know trying to ensure that they're going to be part of that that final roster when, when it's time to start the season so you know, I, I look at it, you've got guys c- competing against each other that are that are on the level. And if you can best those guys and really show out, then you're doing your job. Now, you know, if you're competing, you know, if you're somebody who's competing for like that last, you know, like the last offensive lineman spot or the last D tackle spot or linebacker, whatever have you, where there's a ton of guys that are that'll that'll make the team, but you'll, you know, chances are you're gonna be playing special teams or, you know the quarter, you know, if it's a, if it's a D back thing, you're going to be playing the quarter setup or something or a goal line situation, you know, mm, any right. of that stuff. Right, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, so, but like, it, it's so rare to have it be like a starter competition because, because in those cases, both guys are making the team. It's just a matter who's going to, who's going to, you know, get most of the snaps, you know, like, a, you know, with Quisenberry and Brown, like that's, that's kind of what that competition is. It's not like loser goes home, loser gets cut. Like that ain't the case. Um, but like, you know, Matt Ariza and, you know, Matt Hawk or, or did I get the names right? Are they you got them right. Okay. Okay, good. I didn't want to call him punt God cause it's weird, but, um, <laughs> but like, but that's, that's a true, like loser goes home kind of thing. Like if you don't like, if either of those guys, whoever doesn't win that job, they're probably not sticking around. No, and, they're not. And I mean, I don't know that you're putting a punter on the practice squad or anything like that. It's just, you know, that's, that's life. No. That's, that's what happens. But, um, but like a punt competition isn't exciting because a, it is the never, Joe Biscalia. But yes. Well, listen, when you when you need something to focus on, you're going to focus on it. All right. <laughs> like, I, I I will never fault Joe for, for focusing on that one. Plus, it's interesting. You know, the guy that, you know, kicks at 75 yards and, you know, can he make the NFL? Like, that's right. that's kind of cool. Yeah. But it's on a team that never wants to punt, never yeah. likes to punt and just won't punt per, like at all. Like unless they don't like if, the only time they punt is if they're stuck behind their 30 yard line. That's it. That's I, the only that's the only time, and even then, maybe not. Like that's I, I say this half jokingly. You could punt for this team half the games. Honestly, <laughs> man. I think you could punt half the game for this team. You know, punt once or twice. I'm not gonna say punters mean nothing because it could in a low right. scoring tight game, uh, uh, changing the flipping the field properly could be the difference. All right, so I'm relaxed I, out there if you're 
getting pissed at me for I would that. I would break my fingers try to catch a snap for a hold. <laughs> I would like abs like that ball's coming at me from like what a foot away, foot and a half away. I don't even know how how many three yards, four yards, whatever it is. I but just like it's it's coming at me at like seventy five miles an hour. Like forget it, no, I'm gonna break a finger on that. I just had Nate Gary on the podcast on uh, Tuesday, and he was supposed to. He's the hold, hold god. He was supposed to hold for, and Reed Ferguson was gonna snap, and I I predicted that Reed was gonna break one or two of his fingers. <laughs> it didn't end up working out though because the, the schedules just like when Nate was doing his live shows. Yeah. Reed what at the at training camp. Um, Reed wasn't Say, available. Nate played football back in the day. I, did. I didn't. I didn't play. You know, Nate was a pretty good high school football player. So I, you know, he, if he anybody did. could do it, he can do he it. Play a little D three quarterback. He might not break his finger. You or I would definitely break our fingers. Oh yeah, I would jam three Nate, of the fingers, Nate, and the other one would be broken. Nate might dislocate one, but he might not break it. We probably <laughs> would break multiple fingers <laughs> if we played. I do have. All right, so there is one other Bills thing that I wanted to get your opinion on. One of a, it, this is a no brainer, and he's already been announced as he's not playing. Josh Allen's not playing in the preseason. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills would be pretty much crazy at this point if they play him. If you're Brandon Bean or Sean McDermott, whatever, and you're somebody who's got some stroke in that organization and during those meetings, how many guys are you not playing in the preseason? Um, do you, are you of the belief that your best players, your star players, your most, guys that you deem your most indispensable players should not play in the preseason? Or do you think maybe it depends who the team is? Like say if you're a team that's the Bills that really doesn't need much work and they're already, they're not on the come up no more. They're there. Mm-hmm. Whereas a team, like say your team, for an example, Detroit Lions, those better players, maybe they, maybe you're more prone to play them in the preseason because they need to get more work together. I don't know. But anyway, let's focus back to the Bills here. If you're Brandon Bean, if you're Sean McDermott, or you're somebody with influence, who are you sitting, if anybody? Or are you playing everybody, even if it's just, I don't personally, Joe, I don't get the whole mm-hmm. 10, 15 snaps. Either playing them a lot or does the pro, do the yeah. pros outweigh the cons, getting guys game reps, getting them up to speed? That's the pro. The con is do my tears ACL and that's going to fucking be the worst. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, if it's up to you, how much are your guys playing? Or are they playing at all, your stars? The first question I ask any of any of the people that I consider to sit out for 95% of the preseason games, I'm asking them, how many reps do you need? You know, you know, what do you need series wise, play wise? What do you like offensive wise? You know, how many, how many series do you need to be okay? You know, how many reps with, if you're a receiver, how many reps do you need with Allen to be okay? Do you need any reps with Allen to be okay? If you're Allen, do you need any reps to be ready for the regular season? Probably not, but if you've got it with a new offense, I don't know, like maybe I, maybe I need a couple, but I'm not playing them every, I'm not going to play those guys in maybe in, even in the first two preseason games, let's sit there, take it easy, you know, cheer on the guys, Wait a minute third. Both your buddies, you know, uh, maybe for a quarter in the third, maybe, not maybe me. one series in the third, that's not it. Not and that one series in the third. And then I'm, I'm calling run plays no matter what. <laughs> they you know, what's the sense that's my point all right l- just to take work. some snaps just to get you know just to get a little bit of a feel for it like that's nope. that's about it but nope if know. i'm if i'm i'm telling you right now if i'm brandon bean i'm i'm threatening sean mcdermott if your name is i'll go this off the top of my head quickly here if your name is josh allen if your name is stefan diggs gabriel davis Dion dawkins mitch morse von miller ed oliver Greg Rizzo, Tremaine Edmonds, 
Matt Milano, Micah Hyde, Jordan Boyer, and Trey White. We ain't have to worry about it because he's not healthy yet anyway. Those dudes, you may as well wear some beach gear on the sideline, whatever. Jump in the pool because your ass is not going on the football field for the next three weeks. They're, they're veterans, Joe. They, they got, mm-hmm. they, they're ready. They're physically ready. If they're taking practice serious or taking their film serious and all that, mm-hmm. I think they're ready. I think that's an advantage of being on a team that has, I mean, there's some new parts, but not many, not many. Yeah. So there's a lot of continuity on this team. So maybe yeah. it might be different. Maybe if you're talking about your lions, maybe some of your starters uh, might play a little bit. Yeah. If, if I was the lions, they play every snap of every game, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, These are the man. games you can win boys. Go get them. <laughs> go get them. Go get, go three and zero in the preseason. Campbell yeah. will love that. Hey, listen, anyway, listen, listen, the lions went four and zero in the preseason the year they went zero and 16. Okay. Yeah. I've got I a t-shirt. I've got a t-shirt to prove it. Okay. I don't, the Bills used to never win preseason games when they went to four straight Super Bowls. But seriously, man, I, to me, you're a veteran. You, you're you ready. You know what you got to do. If Josh Allen had new receivers completely, you know, it was an overhaul of the, the system, which it's not. I don't think it is anyway. Yeah, um, I know it should be anyways. <laughs> right. But, you know, you had these receivers and it's just, it's not worth it, man. You get some of these guys, again, you want to see Isaiah McKenzie get more game time. You want to see Jamison Crowder. And this rookie should carry. There's receivers mm-hmm. worth seeing, um, but there's no way I am going to go into a season. I wouldn't be able to live with myself if Micah Hyde tore his ACL or if Stefan Diggs tore his ACL because he made a cameo to appease the fans at home against Denver in week two of the preseason. I just think the the risk way outweighs the reward. That's just my take now. I mean, maybe again, some people disagree, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. Uh, to me, play two preseason games. Call it, call it, call it a week. But then they would add another regular season game yeah, to the schedule money. if they did. That. It's about so, money. It's about money. Yeah, I. Money. It's, pre, I mean, preseason football to me is the is some of the most worthless stuff. That is st- almost strictly for the team. It's to teams itself like that. It's not for the fans, even though you know fans want to watch. Casual fans, you're no right way. Like it's, hardcore freaks, absolutely, yeah, it's for them. Yeah, like the content creators, the people who want to come sure. up with some shit talking about the bottom of the roster. And, even if, and things like even that, if you're the sure. hardest of hardcore fans, second half of like the first preseason game, all of them, you're farting around and just doing whatever. You're barely paying attention. You're right no about one, that. You're evaluating no players, shit. but you're also the offense ain't going to be doing nothing special. They're not going to give away. Uh, you know they're not going to give away stuff for potentially later in the season. I would like have that. the Tecmo. I would have the Tecmo Bowl playbook. There's four plays: two run plays, two pass plays. That's it. That's all I'm doing. I I conclude as as we're talking about this that you know we talked about how much practice matters compared to preseason for these guys on the bottom of the roster or in these battles. If you're established and I know you're my starter and there's no secret, you're not touching the field for the next three weeks. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's just not worth it. Yeah, to, I, I look at it this way: if if you were allowed to have a veteran day off from from camp at, in camp at any point, you don't have to play a single friggin' preseason game. Like you get you get a pass no matter what. If you're allowed to take a day off at practice because it's just I've been around, I don't need this. You don't have to play any preseason games. Like that's that would be my rule. Like if you're allowed to do that, you can come to me and tell me, hey, I'm, like I need some reps. Let me play. It's like okay, well you're gonna get one series. That's it. This seems like, like a, that's all you're going to get. I know you might want more, but you're getting one. That's that's seems, all I'm going to allow you. This seems different than last year. I, I don't remember how much Josh played, but I do know last year they played the Packers in the preseason. And I know that because um, two of my friends are huge Packers fans 
And I remember that they were talking about Aaron Rodgers versus Josh. I'm like, yo, they're not playing. Well, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers did not play, but Josh Allen did play. And he played like more than a quarter mm-hmm. of that game too. But he's just, it, it's just too much, man. Don't yeah. do it, Sean McDermott. It's, it's you, way too stressful. Like you, you already know, play. you, you already know that. And then we've talked about this and we'll talk about this more over the next few weeks, getting ready for bill season. You already know that I, my biggest concern with the Buffalo bills besides injuries of like with any team is can Sean McDermott coach and win the big game? I just, I need to see that happen. And after last year, I got some questions, man, but I'm telling you this now, if Stefan Diggs or Deion Dawkins get lost for the season in a stupid preseason game against the fucking Indianapolis Colts in front of 38,000 people at the, at uh, I almost said the Ralph at Highmark <laughs> stadium, I'm really, really, really going to come down hard on Sean McDermott because there's just no need for it. You, Deion Dawkins is literally a Pro Bowl left tackle. What the hell are you going to learn about Deion Dawkins over the next couple mm-hmm. weeks? Nothing. Right. Nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that. I just, I, <laughs> that fires me up, man. Also, why are they playing an AFC team in the preseason? They should play. It should, you should only play teams from the opposite conference in preseason. It's I so no stupid idea. to play a team you might face in the friggin' playoffs. Denver to Denver, too. Denver and India. Yeah. Those are two potential it's playoff stupid. teams. Stupid. It's so I don't, dumb. I, I, you know what? That's a good question. Why is Denver I, flying out east? That's another thing. Why? Like, why? 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 I don't Just, know. I don't, I've never dumb. understood the preseason. I don't know what the preseason formula is. I know what the regular season formula is, but I have no idea what the what the preseason is. You want to you know, know who does preseason, right? The NHL. Like, you look at the Rangers yeah. preseason schedule. You know who they play? They play the Devils. They play the Islanders, and they play the Flyers. That's it. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't leave more than like ninety minutes away from New York City. Like, you know, no, the, the Sabres, Sabres always, the Sabres always like Pittsburgh. Columbus. Well, they, they do now, uh, but they always played Toronto twice. Okay, that was easy. They're not playing Toronto this year, but like they play Pittsburgh, you play Detroit. Like that's close. Good. Keep it that way. Columbus yeah. is close too. So Sabres only played Toronto at home once this whole year. I looked that up on the schedule. Yeah, it's it's a weird year where I think they only play the Leafs three times. Uh, three times. Yeah. That's once the at only home. Way that makes sense. Once at home. See, I'm the make real it, make it, guy. Make here. it count, Sabres fans. <laughs> One quick Sabres thing before we get to uh, our starting five draft. Um, Lance Lazowski, your, your maintenance day podcast partner. Uh, That's true. Be reporter for the Buffalo News. He reported that um, via a source that Ryan Johnson, the uh, 21-year-old defenseman, was here for, for developmental camp. Mm-hmm. Um, he was originally going to Minnesota. Then he came up for camp. And there was some chatter that, hey, maybe he might have won him over and maybe he would uh, not go to college. But. He confirmed Lance did uh, via source that um, Johnson is returning to Minnesota for his senior season. Um, mm-hmm. Now he could be an unrestricted free agent that summer. Uh, he was a first round choice of the Sabres back in 2019. So do you get to a point where not now I, I should say too, because he was a, a first round pick. I think the Sabres would get, I think it was like pick 55 as a, as a comp pick they would get for him. Something like that. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's something in the second round. So they wouldn't completely lose out and not get anything mm-hmm. if he leaves. But if you're the Sabres and you're getting a pretty good sense that it's going to be difficult, I don't want to say impossible, but because a lot could change still in seven, eight months for a 20 year, 21 year old kid of this might could change. So let's not write them off, but let's say if if you're starting to feel like it's going to be a really uphill battle, if you're, uh, if you're the Sabres, if you're Kevin Adams, I, I don't know why is Darcy Regeer wanted to pop out of my head mouth right now. I don't know why, but if you're Kevin Adams and you're like, yo, this is going to be an uphill battle. I don't know that we could, sign this guy are you trying to trade him uh you know what i i maybe poke around to see what teams might offer but if if i'm getting pick number you know if i'm getting a compensatory pick that's going to be like at what post second round or whatever Mm -hmm. 
I might just take that. Just be happy with it. Just be like, whatever. We're gonna get that pick that's better than what we get in a trade. Because you know, I look at like the look at the Jimmy VC trade for instance. You know, Sabers gave up a third round pick to to get his rights to try to sign him, and then they didn't sign him, and then they then they traded a third round pick later to to get him anyways. <laughs> as after he was already a pro, but but I mean, like if the third round picks the going rate, third round pick starts at. How many teams are there now? 32. The third round pick, like even the best pick in the third round is going to be pick 65. Right. So if you're going to get a pick that's better than that just by a guy not signing, what's my motivation to trade him? Unless somebody, you know, goes over the top to say, no, we want this guy. We don't, we don't know that we don't trust that uh, some other team that's also interested is going to beat us out to him. We want to get in there and negotiate with him. Here's a little extra. Cause I think this kind of sets the bar for GMs. Like if you want to get a guy to negotiate with him like for for a while to try to convince him that you want to, that you want to bring him in, you got to bring a little bit more than than what the compensatory pick is. Like because you know if you want to get him, it's like all right, man. Well, your second round pick absolutely will get him. If you want to trade him at first to to negotiate with him, please. I'll sign right up and trade him right now. But um, but to me, if you get if you know I've said this from the get go, if you get the feeling he's not going to sign find other plans, you know, include them in a trade, do, you know, do something, make part a of a, he trade. Be part of a trade. You don't have to be right. the one guy you trade for just a draft pick. Maybe he's a chip. Maybe he's part of a, right. of a bigger trade. Right. Sure. So, so that's, you know, that, that's where, that's where I am on that. Like just, you know, if you know, he's not coming, just prepare to move on and, and look to look to get, if, if you, if you're not okay with just taking the compensatory pick, just look, look, to, look for ways to include him in other stuff. Cause if you know, he's not going to sign, you can throw him in any trade you want. Just be like, whatever, good luck. If he, if he signs with you, Hey, congrats, you get a bonus, but make that part of like, a, like one of the conditions in the trade, you know, don't, don't just pack him into a trade and say like, well, if you get him, cool. If you're not like, you know, we told you, you know, make it something where like, Hey, if he signs with that team, we also, we get an extra second round pick or something like that, you know? There's something to juice to juice things up a bit, but, but but like the compensatory thing now, it sets the bar. It sets the bar for what for what you're gonna get. You know, I have Aaron Quinn on from time to time, and Aaron Quinn, I make fun of him all the time because he's always got a pen in his hand, even though he never write his shit down. But he's always got a pen in his hand. I didn't realize it until like Tuesday, and now again today, I have. And if you're watching this on video, this like paper potato chip clip holder you know you hold your open potato chips yeah, the bag and clip. while you're talking i'm sitting there and i'm playing with it the whole goddamn episode i've been i've been doing this stupid we gotta shit. get you a rubik's cube see if you can <laughs> just sit there and just twist it see if you accidentally solve it while while i ramble one last thing so i did a show on tuesday I, I've, I've been wanting to do this show for a long time i just mm-hmm. quite honestly i've been so busy I became known over the last handful of years, not so much over the last year, but say I moved to Florida in 2016. And shortly after that, every time I came back to Buffalo, sorry, so let me, let me give a little more uh, backstory here. I live, I grew up in Buffalo, spent my whole life here, and I was very, uh, I don't know, corny when it came to eating chicken wings. Like I liked one or two places, pizzeria places, basically. Mm-hmm. And I never really ventured out and, and experienced wings. Actually, let me, I grew up not liking chicken wings. I didn't like chicken wings. Wow. I, hold on. I don't know if I didn't like People chicken. are going to carve that sound bite up and just I, use it I against never, you forever. Let, let me, well, you know, it's my mother's fault. <laughs> I grew up, let me say this. I grew up never having chicken wings because 
I didn't know what they were like because my mother would only order pizza once a week or whatever. We would have a pizza night, but she was, I guess they were too cheap or poor to really spring for the extra wings. So I never grew up having wings. So I didn't have wings as a kid at all, which is crazy in Buffalo. Yes. But uh, when I got into my 20s, later 20s, I finally started experimenting with wings. And at first I only liked them plain. And then I only liked them with butter on them. I didn't like sauce. I didn't like wing mm-hmm. sauce at all. And then over time, you know, I started liking them. And then well, obviously became obsessed with them. But anyway, when I lived in Buffalo all those years, I only went to the same like one, two, three places at the most. I never really had some of these places that are so amazing in Buffalo. I moved to Florida in 2016. Immediately I started going to places trying to find a good chicken wing. They're fucking the worst. They're terrible. They're trash. <laughs> Florida wings are <laughs> awful. So I would come back to Buffalo. And every time I came back to Buffalo, I started going to new places for the first time, trying wings, writing reviews and power ranking because I literally power rank everything. Mm-hmm. So I was literally, you know, I'd be in Buffalo for 14 days. I'd go to 14 different places. Over the course of a couple of years, I got to 60, 70 places and I would release power rankings. And it was fun. And I've realized that people really don't give a shit what I got to say about sports. But everybody has a chicken wing take because everybody likes wings. And everybody likes specific places, some more than others. So I was like, this is awesome. I didn't, I stumbled upon it. I'm like, people are so engaged in this because they have opinions. Sometimes if you talk Sabres, Joe, mm-hmm. and you're a hockey guy, I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but <laughs> if, if you're not a Sabres fan, nobody's giving a shit what you're talking about. Like that's, just right now, Ryan Johnson, if you're not a Sabres fan, who gives a shit, right? If that, you're not that's a like Bills the, that's fan. That's like the, the third string tackle talk. Like that's right. exactly if you're, if that you're a Bills, If you're not a Bills <laughs> fan, do you give a shit about if David Quinsberry or Spencer Brown ends up being the uh, starting right tackle? No, you don't. But you know what you care about? Wings. You know, yeah. do you like Duffs? Do you like 9-11? You like the whatever. My point was this. Everyone mm-hmm. has a take. So that really kind of grew and it kind of expanded my profile anyway. So for the third straight year, I did a power rank. It's an annual one. But instead of power ranking, I did them in tiers, like six tiers, six through one, and then the Mount Rushmore. And for the first time this week, I did a podcast with them. And uh, it was a lot of fun with Nate. Nate now was my list, not Nate's. Nate was just kind of on there to react to him because Nate's okay. had a lot of a lot of places, you know. Mm-hmm. And He's a foodie. Yeah, he is a Some foodie. of his food takes are horrendous, but Spoiler, he's a foodie. Yeah, they, they are. <laughs> <laughs> but he is. He's a foodie. Nate's a good guy, man. Um, So I have a new number one. By the way, if you didn't, if you didn't, I did. oh, I read it. if you didn't listen to Tuesday's podcast, go listen. And also I have it in vlog form as well on my Twitter timeline somewhere. But uh, Elmo's is my new number one. It overtook 9-11. Nate did not agree with that, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, my point was this. I realized I started looking through these lists. I'm like, I used to do a lot of shows live at wing places. You and I have done a couple. Yeah. We did. We did a couple of Casey's Black Rock. Mm-hmm. I remember we once did, we did uh, it. With, and we did. Uh, listen, I, it broke my heart. To put Essex so low, and I talked about that on the podcast Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I love Essex Pub. You know mm-hmm. my guy; he owns yeah. that place. Mackie, great place, great drinking hall. Fucking love mm-hmm. Essex, but their wings are terrible. <laughs> and he know, but and, you know, but they're not traditional like, wings. They're just they're on the menu. They're not good. There's, there's two I'll, flavors. That's it, and the, none the, of them are medium or hot. What you got to remember with these two is not some places aren't volunteering. They're not saying, hey. Come to Essex Street Pub. We got the best wings in town. They're not saying no. that. No. I just go there. I get wings and I evaluate them, whether they want me to or not. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, mm-hmm. Essex Street Pub was awesome. And we did a couple at uh, Casey's Black Rock, mm-hmm. yeah. which that scheduling fell apart. And then my second job, we got to get back in there. 
That yeah. was kind of what I was leading to through all this rambling. <laughs> I mean, you and I got to start doing some of these shows. We did one with uh, Buffalo Wings, which was with us, Joe, yeah. who, by the way, is such a prick on Twitter, <laughs> but he's not as much of a prick in real life. Wouldn't no. you agree with Because you, oh, no, he's, him. he's great. Yeah, no, I love he's Joe. He's reasonable. I, I get yeah. so mad because a couple of weeks ago, he was. I was literally ready to fight him in, in Bree 88, one of the original <laughs> old mafia guys. They were fucking pissing me off and they were doing it and they were doing it on purpose too. They were trolling yeah. me. They were egging me on for responses mm -hmm. and sure enough, they got him. I'm like, yo, I'm going to tear his ass up because Joe was scheduled to do my podcast taping that day. I'm like, I hope he's like this now because I'm ready to fight with him on the air. You know what he was Get him doing? On the air. You know, yeah, he, he's calculated. He's measured. <laughs> Because on the air and real person, Joe's not as big of a as a dickhead as he, as he is on Twitter. <laughs> Joe said, dare I say, because trust me, I'm not going to name names, but I got significant people who DM me like, why you why you deal with this shit? Why this, that, that? I'm not going to get into the specifics. I'm like, because he's, and you know this because you've met him. He's not, mm -hmm. and he's, and by the way, I'm talking about Joe because he's Joe's on this podcast a lot. Buffalo wins on Twitter. I'm talking about, of course. He's pretty, re he's reasonably cool in person. Like he, yeah. he could disagree with you, but he, again, he's, he's not an asshole when he's talking. He's just an asshole when he's tweeting <laughs> to break his fingers, not his vocal cords. His vocal see, I, cords are fine. See, I knew they got under your skin because even you DM me, you're just like this, this fucking guy. Yeah. I can't believe him. He's pissing me off. I was just well, like, Whoa, all right. We had a, you and I had a segment on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about member Kyler Murray and in top 10 and, yep. mm -hmm. and being one of the best. That was one of the things, and again, I can't remember now, but so many things that we have fought about now that I literally lose count. <laughs> I forgot what I was just talking about before that. Oh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. so he was with us at Casey. Then we did one with Sabres Bunny, Jill. I love Jill yeah. Thompson. She, mm -hmm. she did a show with us as well. So if you're listening, you're watching, I, I promise you this. At some point, I'm going to figure this shit out with Jill so we can start doing some live shows. I love the vibe. Mm -hmm. And I went through that list. I, there's like 12 or 13 places with various people that I've done podcasts at and they've all been fun and it just brings another element. So we got to work on that shit, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm always down for, for live appearance, especially now that, you know, my arm isn't busted anymore. So it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> but I, it's, I like it's fun. It. Yeah. It's fun to get out. And especially when people don't know that we're there doing it and just come by and what's going on here. What's, yeah. 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 What, yeah, what, yeah, what yeah, are these yeah, guys yeah. doing? What's this about? Yeah, exactly. It's fun. So we'll, we'll be doing that. I promise you this. We'll be doing that shit on a reg re real, real soon. Um, all right, let's get to our, our starting five draft. That's how we're going to end. By the way, I don't have graphics up here on YouTube today, but two weeks ago, I don't want to say last week, two weeks ago, we did best guitarist. This was complete bullshit. Joe, um, <laughs> Joe dragged me, dude. Joe, Joe, Joe took me to the back. He took me to the woodshed and he dragged me, man. Um, 80% of the vote, you, you oh. won this one 80 to 20. Damn. It was like the second. Sadly, that's not even the biggest blowout we've ever no. had, but it, it's no. up there. It was like the second or third. I think it was the third. Yeah, it's the top three, I think. Yeah. Joe drafted. So best guitarist. Joe took Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Prince, and Brian May from Queen. I took Jimmy Page, Keith Richards, B.B. Uh, King, Chuck Berry, and Carlos Santana. Now, look, none of the guitarists I took are bad. Oh, it's not like they're bad no. guitarists. Oh. I think I try. I think I tried to get a little. It didn't matter. I was destined to lose, but. I, I think I got to try to get a little too cutesy by taking BB King and Chuck Berry much no, more of a, no, it's a, it depends on like the vibe you're going for. You're going for a blues man vibe, which blues guitars are freaking great. I, Oh, I, I love it. I just don't think it resonated well with people because I, as evidence, you're 
all actually all your picks were praised widely, but Prince and Brian May <laughs> at the end. I saw a lot of Brian May talk. People and, didn't like again, that pick. And Prince. Like, um, yeah, I, but I'm saying you took people who said Prince isn't a good guitarist, I'd be like, God damn it, I will punch you in the face. Yeah, that's just dumb. <laughs> just get out of I'm my a, face. I'm no that. guitar expert, which I proved, but I'm also that that that's just dumb. Um, but yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughn, too. That's your third. I could have taken one or two of them instead of uh BB King or Chuck Berry and I didn't. And I paid the price. It is what it is. I mean, I, I wouldn't don't hold it against yourself. That was that was a category I set myself up to slam dunk on you completely. And you did dunk that, on me too, man. <laughs> but but like I I don't know. It was more out of out of uh it was more out of my own disbelief that you couldn't you're just like, I don't know if I can name 10 guitarists. I'd be like, dude. You're the biggest, one of the biggest music fans I know. You can't name 10 guitars. Yeah. I don't even know who plays guitar. Like I did. I, I, and there were plenty of people. And trust me, they let us know. Because again, when you have a category that's so broad like that, there's mm -hmm. just so many choices. People are going yeah. to say, well, you're going to take this guy. People were writing oh, their own. Low people say, taking yeah. five that we, we didn't right. even touch. Undrafted. They all undrafted mm -hmm. team. There were a bunch of them. I feel like today's category too is going to be more the same because mm -hmm. this week, we're doing rivalries. And I let me say this too. I have no earthly idea how this is going to go. I will say this. So when I say rivalries, that means we could draft. It could be uh, two sports teams. It could mm -hmm. be two athletes. It could be fictional TV or movie characters or gangs or groups. It could be countries. It could be food. Yeah. It could be literally <laughs> anything. If you're a rival... If you're the opposite side, you're a right. That's what a rival is, you know, mm -hmm. um, and you have a history against each other. That's what a rivalry is. Mm -hmm. This could, we could have admittedly, I could have made this more specific. We could have done sports mm -hmm. rivalries. We could have done movie rivalry. You could have done them all, but you know what? I kind of like be, just being completely unpredictable and not having any idea what, where you're going at least anyway. <laughs> um, so that's this week's category. So this, this week's category is just best rivalries. Okay. Very open for interpretation too. And I so. think you have the first pick this time. Um. Yes. I think I had number one pick. You, for yeah, because you you dunked on me immediately. I got Hendrix right Hendrix. out of the gate, right so, off yeah. the bat. <laughs> All right. So I got the first one, and <laughs> I had I again, Joe. Again, I have no idea where you're going with this, so I have no I'm idea saying. what you're going to pick. When you pick guitar, all right. So when you do guitarists, when you do HBO series and stuff like that, we kind of well, our boards will be tweaked a little bit, but for the most part. We kind of know what our boards are going to be. There are going to be 175 different things right now that neither of us even think of until we right. say it. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I guess it's that, what that might cause doing. us to change decisions very quickly. So. I am. Well, I, yeah. Well, I'm going to. Well, I did kind of create a board and I'm going to stick with it. Okay. So I got the first overall pick. I don't know right away if this is going to resonate. I, I would say I'm probably going off the board a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm going to go to an old. Famous musical, um, oh, West Side going. Story. Yeah, yeah. And my first overall pick is going to be the Jets versus uh, the Sharks. Tony, you know the Jet and, and Maria, uh, the sister Bernardo from the Latina Sharks. Mm -hmm. I this just came out recently too. Uh, the remake with Steven Spielberg, which I did not enjoy. It was nominated for an Oscar. I liked it, but I still didn't think it was as good as the original. The only thing that was better about the sequel is that the ethnicity was more authentic. Whereas mm -hmm. in the, you know, the old, day, the old yeah. days, the original West Side Story, they were fucking face painted shit to make mm -hmm. them look more realistic, like uh, Greek or uh, in Puerto Rican and Latino, I should say. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, man, I, I don't know how this will go over with, with fans listening. We'll see. I'm, but. 
I'm hoping um, that when I retweet this poll out to my followers, they're going to be like, that's not a hockey rivalry by any standpoint. What, what the <laughs> hell's Pat talking about? I do. Yeah. This is not the, Winni- <laughs> it's not the Winnipeg Jets and the fucking San Jose Sharks. So I'm just going to put that out there. So I will use the parentheses to put West Side Story. So Jets versus Shark from West Side Story. That's mine. And now you got two. Oh boy. Uh, well, my first pick is going to be Yankees Red Sox. Okay. An yeah. eternal struggle for attention and baseball wins and driving people nuts on television by having five hour games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, honestly, I, and I don't, and this isn't even inspired by watching uh, the captain uh, on ESPN, the, the Jeter uh, multi-part series, which is freaking great. I mean, I, even if I, you hate Jeter, it's awesome. I um, look forward. You know what? I've watched three of them. I want, mm-hmm. I need to catch up and watch them. But when that series is over, we will talk about it. But anyway, mm-hmm. go ahead. Uh, so yeah, so Yankees Red Sox was the, the first thing that came to mind. Um, see now, see now, I had four things. I listen, my brain malfunctions all the time now, where I'm just like, I have four ideas, and now I've said one of them, and now the other three are like, bye, 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 bye. Like you don't remember <laughs> us anymore. Um, uh, well, this is going to be between two athletes, uh, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Yeah, that's a great one. Larry that Bird's was very high on so, my. I mean, and, and again, I don't know if this is like too dated for, I mean, because there's a lot of younger fans that won't even, I don't even know if they ever watched those guys play before. Um, yes, but for guys but our age, maybe a little that. younger, they should know. I mean, everybody should know it. I mean, it's, it was incredible, but like, uh, but yeah, yeah, Larry versus Magic. I, I agree. And, and you also could have said Lakers versus Celtics, but I like Magic versus Larry Moore because that was more personal and they were just so different. That documentary that HBO has, um, mm-hmm. Bird vs. Magic, I, for, I think that's what it's called, Bird vs. Magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the best documentaries I have, I've ever seen, man. Mm-hmm. Just part of two-story franchises. They played like 33 times for titles. All right, yeah. so I got two here. You went with uh, Yakes Red Sox, Magic vs. Bird, sticking with sports. I am sticking away from sports for some reason. I don't know why today. But I'm going to go. My first one's going to be the not just rap, but maybe music's biggest ever real life rivalry and that's biggie versus tupac mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> i don't really need to explain yeah too much more about what ultimately oh. happened it's tragic and it's sad and it's horrible mm-hmm. but ultimately both of them were murdered mm-hmm. uh, allegedly by people from the other camps so, i mean this is literally resolved in real life murders but even before that joe if you're a, a big rap fan just the music and them talking and to in public about how much they hated each other and and lyrics in their rap songs like Tupac just going after Biggie and mm-hmm. rap songs that was a real life legitimate um rivalry on the other side some rivalries like Larry and Magic um they hated each other and then over the course of time they they became friends they respected mm-hmm. each other and ultimately they learned to love each other mm-hmm. Biggie well they never got that opportunity yeah. sadly because they both died who knows how things would have played out as they got an older more mature but anyway, um, for me, that's definitely one. I'm going to double dip, and I'm probably going to regret this one. Because I already got did Jets for a Shark for West Side Story. I have to go stay, guys, stay true to my heart, man. I'm going back to fiction. And uh, I'm going to go to the Outsiders this time. And okay. the Greasers versus the Socias, man. To this day, maybe my favorite movie cast. Well, one of my favorite movie casts ever, man. Uh, Patrick Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, Matt Dillon, Rob Lowe, Tom Cruise, uh, Emilio Estevez, Diane Lane, 
it's kind of like the rival with the Jets versus Sharks. It's different, though, you know, with the, with the outsiders. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm going to live or die with that. I'm going with the, I'm going with another fictional creation. Okay. Yeah, it might backfire. I, it might not, though. It I'll, probably I'll, will. I'll admit to you, uh, you mentioned that, and I was like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> well, the Outsiders, the movie? Yeah. No, I never watched it. Wow. I don't, a, I don't know if that's a big shortcoming of mine or not. I know the. I know. I think it's a book. I think it. It, it, it was a book. a book. And then yeah. it made it into a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right, no, I, well, that that eluded my radar. Well, so then it probably wasn't on your board. Uh, it, no, it <laughs> certainly was not on my board. No, it's probably um, not on a lot of people's boards. Like I said, I'm probably in real time going to regret this. But anyway, all right. Well, um, it is what it is. You're. I, I remember one of the one of the things that tried to run away from my brain. Uh, and I don't know how this ran away from me because this one hits very directly home for me. Uh, and again, it, it ties into an ESPN documentary or yeah. piece. You know what it's, you know, what's coming. Yep. Detroit Red Wings versus Colorado Avalanche from the yep. late nineties, early two thousands of the NHL. It's a very, very small window of time in the grand scheme of things, but my God, there's, I would argue there's never been an NHL rivalry that's matched it. On that level, Rangers, Islanders, any of that stuff, nothing even comes close to it. If anyone disagrees with this, I would say go watch that ESPN documentary. Oh my god, then you no. will not disagree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's I agree. crazy. Like it's it's. I still can't believe that everything played out the way it did. I it's it's amazing. But mm-hmm. um, now here's where I'm stuck <laughs> because I don't like. There's a lot of stuff that I that I'm remembering. Um, and a lot of it's sports, unfortunately, like there's, you're hitting a lot of like pop culture kinds of stuff and it's, yeah, I'm getting cute again. No, no, no. I don't think it's getting cute. I think it's just, um, I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's just a little, it's just a different way to go about it, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. Like that's completely fine. Um, but this, ah, man. Oh, okay. I, I know. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. Don't See, do it. I, I know. I'm going to tap into my knowledge of history. Okay. Alexander Hamilton versus Aaron Burr. Hamilton versus Burr. Okay. Which ended in the death of Alexander Hamilton because they solved it by a friggin' duel and they were both members of state in the United States. Imagine like, people talk about how crazy politics is now. You don't have anybody shooting each other like in a gentleman agreement to like solve a solve a problem. And that shit doesn't happen now. And of course, I mean, everybody knows the Hamilton story from the musical. I, mm-hmm. I get it. And it created a lot of weird fanboying of you know 250 years later of Alexander Hamilton. I'm just kind of like, he was kind of a dickhead. Like he sucked a little bit. But Aaron Burr was a nut too. So uh, but yeah, Hamilton versus Burr also made famous from that got milk commercial. I'm going to, I very, feel very, <laughs> very succinct reference. <laughs> I feel honestly, I feel like the, first of all, the wings avalanche pick is an outstanding pick. Thank I you. feel you're not a hockey fan though. I feel like that could open the door for and, me to potentially get back into this. I don't know. Uh, the very wrong. small population that you picked out to know the Outsiders movie might, that's my counterpoint. To that. I, I disagree. I think you're the only, <laughs> I think you're the only person who ever in the history of this podcast who, who does, who doesn't know that movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. Well, I'm playing my, my, I'm playing. I, so I got two picks up. <clears throat> my, my first one, I'm going to sports. 
this could have been number one, quite frankly. Mm, um, I think I know where you're going. I'm going to boxing. Yeah, actually. that's where I'm Ali Frazier. Three fights, three of the greatest fights of all time. Easily the best box. I don't want to say easily the best boxing rivalry of all time because there's been some great rivalries with, mm -hmm. with, with boxing. Sugar Ray Robinson and Jake LaMotta fought like five times. Mm -hmm. There's been lots of great rivalries, but this one's head and shoulders um, above them all to me anyway. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go Ali Frazier. I'm stuck here, the, the fifth one, because I want to say one so bad, but I, just, I think you're right, man. I mean, I, I've went to... I might went, went a little too. Oh, did I get in your, I got in your head? Did I get in your head? A little bit. One? Ah, good. A little bit. I'm down psychological to warfare. I'm down to three. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with my passion. Something that I like. Wrestling. The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That became. One of the greatest wrestling rivalries ever. And I know, and I'm, I, I don't think you're going to pick it with your last pick because it would be too much like it. But some people might say Austin versus McMahon would even be the better rivalry. I don't really agree. The Rock and Stone Cold kind of came up together. I mean, Stone Cold was a little bit ahead, but they, mm -hmm. they had epic fuse first over the Intercontinental title and then later on over the WWF title, WWE title. They've, they've wrestled each other at WrestleMania three times. I was at the mm -hmm. last one, by the way, in Seattle. Just epic matches, epic segments. Um, just th they changed the game. They were as, if not more, at least as responsible for WWF overtaking and, and coming back and winning the war against WCW as anybody. The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, the best arrivals, which again, they became close later on in life when they were done wrestling. But at that time, there was nothing better than watching Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, but mainly Raw, when one of those two, those two guys would go at it. I mean, they just had some of the best segments, the best promos, the best matches mm -hmm. uh, that I've ever seen. And The Rock sells the Stone Cold Stunner better than anyone that <laughs> that's, I've ever that's seen. For, that's a fact. Anyway, so you know what? If I'm going to go down, uh, you know what? I, I actually think that's a good pick, and I feel good about it. All right, so Rock versus Austin. That leaves you with your last pick here. Now, if I were a big pandering boob, like my last my last pick would be wings versus flats drums versus flats i should say because they're all wings but that's if legit. i was a, but that's legit and very hyper local too um sure i would say i think that's a bigger deal here also the you know, ranch versus blue cheese that uh, people here say that's not a rivalry and it's not a i mean whatever it gives it's a not shit. here it's not no no it's a hammer versus nail rivalry is what that is um hammer wins every time um I'm going a bit broader on this and I'm ashamed that I didn't think of it sooner than this. Uh, Coke versus Pepsi. Ah, okay. Um, it still persists today. Like, I mean, think of every time where you ask for, like, I'll get a Coke and it's like, Pepsi. Okay. Then it's like, no, it's not. Okay. Actually. I wanted a Coke. Sorry. That's, That's <laughs> see, or, you know, if you're a Pepsi fan, it's like, Ooh, you want a diet Coke instead? It's like, no, I don't. I'm a Coke guy. And, and you're right to the point where I'm, I'll go to a restaurant. I've avoided restaurants because I know they serve Pepsi. And, I, and if I want pop. Wow. You've avoided the place entirely. Yes. yes. Wow. A, yeah, I, I've done that. I swear to you, I've done that before. Man, yeah. that's see, that's you're you're helping prove my point here. That's, <laughs> that is a that is a that is a cutthroat rivalry. If it makes you avoid going to a restaurant because it they has. serve Pepsi. Wow. It has. Man. It has. Yeah, I would let just me, order a beer in that case. <laughs> <laughs> let me. The, the, I, the one, the one that I was 
I wanted to pick, but I, I've just played, I've played this card too much. They've been playing too much. The office stuff. I wanted to say Joy Troop versus Jim Halpert. I, I wanted to say that. I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't they, even think, I didn't even think you would even go there. I the figured rivalry, this was, this was the, too broad and there's too many better selections. But the rivalry kind of died down by the seventh. Still. It wasn't even like just the very end. Like they were okay together for the last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, So I didn't go with them. Batman versus Joker is another one I had written down. That's like, I, I thought about that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Back to the movies, Happy Gilmore versus Shooter McGavin. That could have been maybe funny, maybe not. Um, a legit, and then there's a legit sports one that I really highly considered was uh, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. They played 28 good. times, um, eight times in the Grand Slam final. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about a rivalry? It's N- Nadal's up 1810. So, that was one. And then, of course, a couple college football ones. Um, Taylor Fultz is probably going to be pissed that we didn't pick Michigan <laughs> OSU. But yeah, yeah, Michigan OSU and Alabama Auburn, those are sure, mm-hmm. surely one. And then the other one I have written down, I wrote down way more than we were ever going to pick. But, uh, <laughs> Conan O'Brien and Jay Leno, those dudes ate each other, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that could have been a good one. That's well. that, Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Although I think there's probably some other people on board with not not digging on Jay, too. <laughs> I think Letterman and Leno is, is would be a pretty good one, too. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, but that, no, that's those, see, those are good. Those are good calls. I think I would argue most of those are better than picking greasers versus (laughs) (laughs) your third pick. You could have picked that fifth. You could have picked anything else. Let me, let me recap it. Never. And probably been better. Let me, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I took took Jets versus sharks from West side story. Uh, Biggie versus Tupac greasers versus socias. Um, Ali versus Frazier and The Rock versus Austin. He's Joe's, if you're watching this on video, he's laughing when I said Greasers versus Socials. Joe took Yankees, Red Sox, Magic versus Bird, Wings versus Avalanche, Hamilton versus Burr, Coke versus Pepsi. I'm going to tell you this, man. I'm feeling an upset. I know Vegas is looking at this and they're saying Joe is the over under is going to be 64%. I'm telling you now. I'm going to pull off the upset. I'm going to. I think it, uh, me looking at this and obviously very slanted, when you have to put parentheses around two of your picks two to explain what they are, it's not, I don't think that's a great. I don't to think be fair, I mean, Jets versus Sharks could be, I mean, you literally took a hockey rivalry. It's, Jets versus, <laughs> it's not a rivalry. West, it's just two teams. They're Western Conference teams. <laughs> so, anyway, all right. I to give Joe a follow on Twitter. By the way, this poll will be up on Friday around lunchtime, whether you go on Joe's Twitter at Joe Yurden or is it, you know, you've been on my show for over a year now. It is at Joe Yurden. There's no extra yes. numbers. All right, yes, so I was, no, there's no numbers. No, I say that shit in my sleep, and then I almost forget <laughs> it when we're on the podcast. Or mine, F Hammerin tweets. Vote for uh, your favorite. Make sure you check out the Maintenance Day podcast with Lance and Joe every Monday. Doing a good job of grinding through uh, an off season where there's just not a lot going on, but you guys are still making it uh, fun and entertaining to listen to every week. It's so. it's nice to have a couple of dumb things come up where we can just be like, hey, let's talk about this, and then see how long it goes for. It's nice. 